Hi, and welcome to the Northridge Vineyard Evening Community Podcast. We're a church community in Sydney, Australia, who are passionate about pursuing God together and seeing the world changed by His love. We hope this message challenges and inspires you. For more talks and other resources, please visit our website, www.northridge.org.au. Hi, everyone. I feel like we're really energetic tonight, and it's really good. If I haven't met you yet, my name's Chris. There are a bunch of new faces here. Um, So if you're new or visiting, I want to extend a really warm welcome to you tonight. Um, My wife, Jen, and I, we are the um, pastors of the evening community here at Northridge, and we absolutely, absolutely love having you in this little family. Um, So tonight is, it's called Vision Sunday. It's the Sunday where we talk about our vision. Um, And... This is, this is take three. So we were going to have it two weeks ago, and then our son was born, like, just before, so I wasn't quite available. Um, <laughs> then last week, we cancelled church, which I've already talked about because of, like, the world's worst weather. But third time's the charm. Here we are. It's very exciting. Um, before we dive in too much to talk about vision, I do want to talk briefly about... Oh. Nope. Troy, you broke it. There we go. I want to talk about this guy. Um, so this is David, the one on the left. The other one's Jen, my wife. Uh, he's two, two and a bit weeks old. Uh, and the reason I put him up on the screen is I just wanted to say a really big thank you um, to everyone in this community. Jen, I've just felt really loved, blessed, encouraged, um, supported by you guys. It's just, it's, you know, we, our, our jobs are to kind of like give out and look after people um, but when you're on the receiving end of that, it's a little bit humbling, and we just—it's really inspiring to us to see the way that everyone in this community has got around us in this time. So thank you. It's been lots of fun. He's super sweet. We look forward to sharing him for cuddles once he's had his shots at six weeks. Six weeks. But um, yes, he's wonderful. So that's the thing. Uh, so Vision Sunday. I want to start um, tonight by asking a really simple question, which is why does this conversation matter? Why does this conversation matter? Why would we take a week out of our, our teaching series? Why would we uh, put our, our series on Luke on hold and talk about ourselves? Well, I want to answer that question with a photo of David. No, with, uh, with a diagram. So it has three concentric circles, and each of these circles represents a different way that we can do church or a different mindset that we can come to our church activities with. And in the center, we're going to call this circle Y. So let's take worship as an example. Let's say that as a community of people, we read the scriptures and we discover that God is good. He is beautiful. He is gracious. He is kind. He is loving and merciful. And we think, you know what? This God is so good. We need to worship him. And what's a way that when we gather together, what's a way that everyone can get involved and give praise to this loving, merciful God? And so we sing songs together because regardless of whether you you can sing or not, you are welcome to join in. You can be a part of that. And we can gather as a community and we can worship God. Now, when we think in this kind of mindset, we're thinking in this inner circle. We're thinking about why. We're, We're thinking, why do we do what we do? And it's a wonderful place to be. But what happens in any organization, including churches, is that as we go week after week, Sunday after Sunday, we go, we, you know, we, go through, we go through the motions and eventually we kind of drift outwards. And after a little while, we find ourselves in, 
gave away the outside circle. Uh, we find ourselves in this middle circle, which is called how. So this is less concerned about why we do what we do and more concerned about how we do what we do. So going back to our worship example, we're thinking about you know, how, uh, what, what songs do we sing? What do we want our, song, our, our worship to sound like? You know, are we allowed to put our hands in the air or not? Um, that kind of thing. And th- these are good questions to ask. I'm not saying that we don't talk about how, but we, we want to come back, we want to drag ourselves every now and then back into the middle of the circle, because if we don't, we end up in this outside circle, which is called what? And when you're, when you're in what, this is the place of, of saying, we do the things we do because that's how we've always done them. Change, when you're living in the what, becomes really difficult to do. People don't like change when you're living in the what. And when we live in this outside circle, when we operate as churches in this outside circle, we find ourselves in the place of religion. And I use that in the worst possible sense of the word, and that's what Jesus had such a problem with when he came and when he dealt with the religious authorities of his day. And so tonight, talking about vision, it's all about bringing ourselves back into this center circle. It's all about asking the why question. Why do we do what we do? Who are we as a community of people and where are we going? Now, the way I want to answer that question is I want to start kind of really big picture and talk about the church on the whole. Uh, And I want to get kind of narrow it down until we get to talking about us as the evening community here at Northridge Vineyard Church. Um, Now, one way to understand the purpose of the church is to skip to the last page of the Bible and find out how it ends. Uh, and then kind of work backwards. So if you go to Revelation 21, we find this, and there's a whole sermon here, which I'm not going to give. Andrew Harvey gave it uh, a couple of months ago. Highly recommend a listen. Um, but we skip to the Revelation 21, and we find this verse. God is coming back at the end of time to restore all things. And he says, He who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. So God's master plan, where all of this is heading, all of creation, all of humanity, is restoration, is reconciliation. God is making all things new. Now, God is perfectly capable of clicking his fingers and making this happen right now. But for some bizarre reason, he's chosen to partner with people. And the people that he's chosen to partner with we call the church. And so when we think of it in these terms, what we discover is that the church, our job is to partner with God in this process of making all things new. When Jesus came and walked on the earth, he he established this thing that he called the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God, in the simplest possible terms of this, it's God becoming king. It's God subjecting creation Uh, and all humanity um, back under his lordship, where we belong, where everything works the way it should. And so that is the purpose of the church. Now, if we in this room tonight were to go about the process of trying to restore all things on our own, it would be exhausting. I'm, uh, I'm not keen to do it all on my own. God could, you know, with God's power, we certainly could. Uh, but thank goodness, the whole, we don't actually own the whole of this story. As the evening community of Northridge Vineyard, 
Church, we have been given a, a t- you take the whole church pie, and we've been given like a tiny little slice. And that's the bit that we've been called to do. That's what God has given us to do. And so tonight, we're asking the question, what is our slice of the whole church pie? You see, we, as, as the evening community, we belong to Northridge Vineyard Church. We've got the morning community, uh, the evening community, that's us, and we've got a, a community in Hornsby as well. Uh, and so everything that we do as the evening, it fits into what is happening uh, with Northridge as a whole. And so what we're saying tonight, none of this, uh, none of this doesn't, I'm saying that the wrong way around. All of this fits under what Northridge is doing as a whole. And what we as a church is doing, it fits into the vineyard movement as a whole. If you didn't know we're part of a vineyard church, uh, I would love to give you the, the um, history of the vineyard after this talk. Um, but that's, that's who we're a part of. And the vineyard, we're not kind of the movement that finally got it all right. But we are a movement that God has given a specific assignment and task to. And so part of what we're doing is trying to figure out what that assignment is and how we can do the best job of being a part of it. Now, as the evening community, there is a particular passage of Scripture that we hold um, very dear. And for us, um, this kind of answers the why question. Um, if you've got a Bible handy, why don't you open it up? Acts 2, 42 to 47. If you have heard me preach on this passage many times, I still want you to get it out. Um, and I want us to have a read of this as if we're reading it for the first time. We believe um, that God has given us this, this passage. It's this, it's this picture of what church can look like on its best day. And this passage inspires us, and we believe gives us that picture of what our slice is of the, uh, of the whole church pie. So we're going to read from verse 42. And it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. What a wonderful picture of church. What a wonderful picture of church. Um, we, we love the picture that this paints of what community can look like. When you get a bunch of people who come together, who worship God, who share in life so deeply that it becomes this kind of magnetic pull to people around them. It's just, it's wonderful, isn't it? Um, Now, if you've been around for a little while, then it may surprise you to learn that the first time that Jen and I ever, uh, ever sort of brought this vision passage to us as a community was actually three years ago. Does anyone, does that shock anyone? Just Ando, okay, that's all right. Great, awesome, awesome. Uh, for me, it's, it's kind of this, this thing of going, wow, we've actually been talking this for a little while. And what we, what we normally do each Vision Sunday is we set ourselves a, a whole set of um, one-year and three-year goals to talk about, you know, what do we actually want to do this year and what are the pipe dreams that, you know, could actually happen in the next three years that we can start to work towards. So I thought it'd be fun, given it was three years ago that we did that for the first time, 
to review some of those pipe dreams that we had and see how they went. So one of our, one of our pipe dreams that we stood up uh, three years ago and asked was we said, what if we could have at Northridge a ministry training school where people can come and get equipped, learn how to do kingdom ministry and be sent out into the streets? Well, uh, at the start of this year, we launched the School of Kingdom Ministry, which in partnership with the, uh, the crew uh, over in uh, the Vineyard Church in Urbana, um, Putty Putman, we are running Sockham, which is incredible. Uh, so in some ways, check. Uh, we said three years ago, we said, what if we could write a whole bunch of songs that reflect our heart as a community? What if we could get together, have a worship night, record them, and put them out for anyone to listen to? Well, 18 months ago, we recorded a worship album, which is really cool. And we have a whole bunch of songs that we haven't yet recorded, so we're probably going to do another one. So, check. Uh, We said, what if we could have an internship program? I mean, like, I was working, like, one day a week in the office at this point, so the idea of actually having an intern was a a bit of a stretch. But last year, Pete Sherlock, where are you? There he is, Pete Sherlock. Um, last year, Pete came and hang out, hung out in the office uh, with us, and it was just an amazing, amazing time. I had a great experience. Uh, Pete had a great experience. I'm putting words in his mouth. <laughs> yeah, um, no, he did. It was awesome. So, yeah, which is great. One of the things we said three years ago is we would love to grow significantly. And I reckon at Vision Sunday three years ago, we probably had half the number of people in the room that we do now. Um, so it's just really exciting seeing that that um, growth in numbers. Um, and one of the other things we said is we really want to have a strong, um, a strong like, mission partnership. And it's been wonderful working with Troy and the guys at Raw. And Jen actually works with Raw now, which is really fun. So I'd say it's a pretty strong partnership. Um, but we, just, we, we would just encourage, like, if every single person in the room could come on a Raw trip at some point, it really is an incredible experience. Not just the work that you're able to do and what you're able to give out, but the way that it builds community, the way that um, the going away together, spending good time together, learning what it means to be disciples of Christ in that context, it changes the way you live when you come home. So I would just recommend that everyone consider coming on a raw trip. Um, but three years ago, that was, it was sort of in the works, but it was still a bit of a pipe dream, but it's just amazing to see the partnership we have with these guys now. Um, and so kind of looking back, it's amazing to think of what we have achieved. And it's really wonderful to think about that. But as Jen and I were chatting about what, we wanna, what kind of goals we want to set ourselves for the next three years, we realized that it's not so much the things that we've done that stand out about the last three years. It's the people. It's the people. You know, it's wonderful setting goals, checking boxes, achieving things. But really, what this is all about at the end of the day, it's about the people. And looking around the room, I am seeing so many people who've come and joined the journey in the last three years. I see people who've been a part of this journey who have grown so much. I've seen people step into leadership and absolutely crush it. It's been so exciting. You know, I really believe that the culture we have in our community is so much stronger than what we had three years ago. And that's just, that is so so exciting for me. And so what we want to do this year for Vision Sunday is rather than providing a list of goals that we want to achieve, although that's good, we're going to set some of them too, but what we want to talk about tonight is less about what we're doing, but more about who we're becoming. We're asking ourselves, who do we want to be 
in 12 months' time? How do we want to grow as a community? So what we're going to do, the way we're going to do that is we're going to, we're going to break it up um, based on these four things. Now, if you have been out in the foyer, we've got a little, um, we've got a little sign with these on there. Uh, if you've read a welcome pack on the website, you'll recognize these are what we call our values. Um, now, values can be one of those buzzwords sometimes. So let me give you another way to think about it. This is our picture of what we believe as Northridge as a whole, not just evening community, this is what we believe a healthy church should look like. We believe that it all starts in the presence of God, that it starts by encountering Him, listening to what He has to say, and going for it. We believe that church is supposed to be community, and we read this Acts 2 passage that just sums that up so well. We believe that discipleship is supposed to be part of our DNA, that it's what Jesus modeled to us by the way He lived, and it's what He commanded us to do in the Great Commission. Uh, And we believe that church is not just about us, but it's about the world around us, the local community, um, the people in Cambodia and the rest of the world. We're not just supposed to be about ourselves. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through each of these things and we're going to ask the question, how do we want to grow this year in each of these areas? So encountering God. The, The passage that I read to you earlier from Acts 2, 42 to 47 is really beautiful, but it's not a standalone piece of scripture. It actually depends quite heavily on Acts 2, verse 1 to 41. And what happens in those verses? Well, the Holy Spirit is poured out on the church. So this beautiful painting that we have of what church can look like on its best day, it's, it's not the result of amazing programs. It's not the re- result of um, really you know, brilliant leaders and great plans. It's actually the result of God's very presence. And that's where it all starts. It's where it has to start. You know, we, you see when you read through the Old Testament, every time Israel would go into battle, they would need to start by seeking the Lord. It's where we have to start. And there's two things that I really believe that Jen and I have chatted about that we believe um, are areas in which we can grow. And these might sound a little strange to you. The first one is developing our prayer culture. Now, if you've ever been to a service here in the evening, you will know that every single week after church, we make a specific intentional opportunity to pray for people. And so in some ways, we actually have a really strong culture of prayer ministry. But something Jen and I would really love to see is growth in our prayer outside of that time. So I'm talking about, first of all, praying before the service. You know, we really believe that the pre-service prayer time um, that Adam and Debbie are championing is such an important part of what we do. We believe that's kind of like the boiler room that helps to drive us forward and invite God's presence. Um, and so, and it, but it's not just praying before the service. It's the way that we pray together during the week. It's, it's about the prayers that you say before you go to bed, when you wake up in the morning, when you're trying to settle a, a screaming child at 2 o'clock in the morning. Really great for your prayer life, by the way. You know, we, we want to see um, us as a whole community grow in the way that we pray and weave prayer into every part of our lives. The second thing, which again might sound a little strange, because we have such a wonder, we've always had such a wonderful worship culture here in the evening community, is that we want to go further in worship. And what I'm talking about here is not what happens here at the front. What I'm talking about is what happens here on a Sunday and when we're at home on our own during the rest of the week. 
I really believe that this year God wants to show us what it means to pour out authentic, genuine, heartfelt worship to Him. And I can't wait to see what happens as we continue to learn how to pour out our praise to Him. And I'm really excited by that. So let's talk about community. You know, I, I really believe from the bottom of my heart that the church that we have, that the church that God has given us, biblical community is the answer to so many of the problems that we have in our society. You know, you look around at the world around us and although apparently we're becoming more and more connected, our connections are becoming more and more superficial. And so I believe that biblical community is not just a nice thing. I believe that this is actually critical um, for who we are as a nation. That what we're doing as we're, as we're seeking this Acts 2 vision, we're actually providing something that people need from the bottom of their hearts. And so biblical community is not just a nice thing. This is absolutely critical to our mission as a church. Now, there are two particular areas that we really want to grow in uh, as a church community that Jen and I have chatted about. And the first one is helping people connect. Now, something we've worked on really hard here in the evening community is building a welcoming, welcoming culture. And most of the time, it's actually something we do quite well. Um, Jen and I have had feedback from a bunch of people um, who've come and visited just to, just to say hi, who've got in touch afterwards and said, thank you, you guys are such a welcoming church. You know, it brings so much joy to my heart when we're like, you know, switching off the lights and trying to, trying to kind of, you know, it's like 10 past eight and people are still chatting and, and they're new people who are visiting for the first time who are still there having great conversations. And that's really wonderful. And I want to con- encourage us to continue doing that. It's so beautiful. But something we've realized uh, where we've dropped the ball a little bit, and Jen and I totally own this one, is helping people connect. So it's wonderful being welcomed the first time you come. But how can we help people to go from being visitors to being connected, a uh, connected part of the church? It's something that Jen and I certainly need to think about our process for that, and we want to work on. But it's something that all of us get to be involved in as well. And so, if you have any thoughts on how to do that, I'm not saying we always do it badly, by the way. But I'm just saying we've got to, we want to grow in this area, and we want to help people to connect and find home here. If you're new and visiting tonight, bear with us. We're working on it. I promise. Uh, the other thing is, you know, I'm looking around the room now and there are a whole bunch of people who are under the age of one in this room, which is really fantastic. There's a couple of kids out at Kids Church, which is really fun. Uh, and we have people who are up to above the age of 80. And that's really exciting. But it's kind of like a, sort of like a this shape. We've got a lot of people in that young adult bracket. And something Jen and I have been passionate about from the start is we really want to become a genuinely multi-generational community. So learning to, to really, really include all ages and stages in church life here in the evening community. Uh, you know, I think that it's not, just, it's not just nice when you look around and see people of all ages, but when you do life, when, if we do this Acts 2 community thing, if we have people um, of all ages and stages, it means that there are always people to look up to and learn from, and it means that there are people that you can invest in and you can teach. It's really wonderful when we get that. So let's all continue. Um, that's something we can all be a part of too. You know, anyone, anyone can say hi to someone who's not the same age and stage as you. I really encourage you to get involved and to do that, to meet people who are, you know, maybe in a different life stage to you. Discipleship. Now, I actually, I had to cut quite a significant portion out of this talk because I was going into almost a whole different sermon. Discipleship is something that I'm really, really passionate about. 
But what is it? What is discipleship? The best analogy that we have from our society for discipleship is apprenticeship. When you're a tradesperson, you take on an apprentice and you kind of learn on the job. Discipleship is not the same as having life, group. it's life groups, although that's part of it. It's not the same as doing uh, messages on a Sunday, although that's part of it. Discipleship is this process of learning. It's, it's a lifelong learning process that comes from doing life alongside other people and learning from them as you go. But you don't just get to receive in discipleship. You also have to disciple other people. It's, it's what Jesus modeled when he called his own disciples, and it's the way that he did ministry, and he's asked us to do the same. So there are two ways that we want to we wanna grow in terms of discipleship. And the first one, and this is, this is where the sermon was, but uh, I'm just going to give you the short version, is that I really believe that discipleship is actually something you can do with people who aren't yet Christians. You know, discipleship, it's not... It's not like evangelism is what happens before people meet Jesus and then discipleship is what happens after. Discipleship is what happens uh, when you do life alongside people who haven't met Jesus yet. You, generally, you, 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 you sort of gently um, include them in what it can look like to do life. And, you know, most of the people that we've seen become Christians in this community over the last five years, that's how it worked. It wasn't, it wasn't a really particularly rousing sermon on a Sunday. It was, just, it was just welcoming them into the life of the community and showing them, modeling to them what biblical community can look like. And it's really wonderful to see. And so one of the ways that we want to do that um, this year, quite more specifically, is through the Alpha course, which um, we, we tried twice last year. Uh, it was a lot of fun, but I, don't, I see it less as an evangelism tool and more as a discipleship tool. But um, there'll be a sermon coming on that later. Uh, and the second one is that Jen and I have come to understand in, this is our fifth year of pastoring this community, which is like, wow. Um, but something that we have come to understand more and more, which Phil and Kath told us from the start, but we finally worked it out for ourselves, uh, is that our job is effectively about leadership, is about raising leaders. And so what we want to do is intentionally create spaces for people to step up and serve for people to be able to step up and lead. We want to release responsibility to you guys as fast as we possibly can. Because, you know, you know that old vineyard adage, everyone gets to play. Well, we really believe that everyone needs to play if we're going to be the church that God's calling us to be. And finally, mission. Um, I'm going to say something that might sound quite surprising to you, um, but I really don't believe as the church that we've been called to go out into the local community. I believe that we're supposed to be a part of the local community. We're supposed to be an active participant in community life outside our walls. Uh, and so there's two things that we want to do. The first one is we want to learn how to blur the lines between part of the church and not part of the church. We want to create fuzzy edges that invite people to come in. So it's not this awkward thing of sort of like, you know, you're, at, you're in church and you're at church and then you're not at church. We want to make something church something that happens out in community life. We want to learn how to engage with what's going on around us a little bit better. And the co-working space that I, I talked about before, that's, that's just one little experiment that we're running to see how we can do that. The second thing is that we really believe that if we're supposed to serve the community around us, then we should do it in a way that makes sense to us. We should be sharing the gifts that we already have within our community with people who need those gifts. 
And so a great example of that is the finance course that we ran at the end of last year. We're actually going to run that three more times this year. And we really believe that's a wonderful way that we can bless people outside our walls with no strings attached. So that is mission. Now, I've intentionally finished a little bit early tonight because I want to spend the uh, I want to come into land and finish tonight by sharing a picture that I believe God gave me a little while ago that I think is significant for us this year as a community. Uh, have you ever had one of those uh, moments where you're reading through the Bible and a, a passage kind of like jumps off the page and hits you in the face and kind of shakes you around a little bit and you just go, "Okay, Lord, I think that's important." Have you ever had one of those moments? It doesn't happen very often, but I, I had one of them probably in uh, April or, or se- sorry, uh, August or September last year. I was reading through the Gospel of Luke, specifically Luke chapter 8, uh, which is a passage that talks about uh, the parable of the sower. Now, the parable of the sower, I'll give you the really short version. Uh, it's about a, a farmer who's out in the, fi- uh, in the field scattering seed. And uh, some of the seed, it falls on the road and it gets eaten up by birds and it never really takes. Some of the seeds fall on rocky ground and although they start to grow, there's no moisture and so it doesn't go very well for them. Some of the, some of the, the seeds fall into good soil but among weeds and so the weeds and the, the, um, the crop grow up together and the weeds kind of like strangle the, the crop and it doesn't go very well. But some of the seed falls on good ground. Now, this is, it's actually, it's interesting. This is one of the only parables that Jesus actually explains uh, in, in the Bible. And the way that Jesus interprets the passage, uh, this, this parable for his disciples, is that he, he says, um, you know, God is the sower and the, the seeds are people. And some people, you know, some people receive the word of the Lord uh, and it goes really well. And some people... Uh, it falls, you know, it, it's, it goes well at the start, but it doesn't last very long. Some people, you know, the weeds kind of, they get right into their faith, but it kind of gets strangled out by um, other things in their lives. And some people, uh, it goes really well. Some people give their lives to Jesus and some people stay the path and, and grow. Um, and there's a slide where it's going to put up the uh, NLT translation of, of this, but I'm just going to find it here. So, as I was reading this passage, I felt like, you know, I, I believe that the, tra- the um, interpretation of this parable that Jesus gives is probably the best one. But one of the, uh, yeah, probably. But one of the wonderful things about parables is that they're meant to be applicable in different contexts and in different ways. And they're meant to communicate universal truths. And as I read this, I, I felt God... Say to me, what if the seeds were churches? You know, instead of people receiving the word, what if it was churches? You know, there are some churches that, you know, don't really take, and there are some that get distracted by the weeds and all of the other things um, that go along with having church. But, but there are some churches that land in fertile soil, and the thing that, um, the thing that happens with those churches um, Jesus says, the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, 
and by persevering, produce a huge harvest. And I felt like God said to me as I was reading this passage, Northridge Vineyard Evening Community, you are a church planted in good soil, and this is the year you see the harvest. And I really believe that the Lord is, is speaking that word over us this year, that this is the year of harvest. Now let me explain that carefully, because I think we can get the wrong idea when we hear about harvest. Uh, particularly if you've been around Pentecostal churches, you might have this sense that, oh, harvest, that's awesome. It's going to be stacks of people are going to come. The room's going to fill up. It's going to be really wonderful, and we're going to see heaps of growth. Now, if that happens, praise the Lord, that's awesome. That I don't think that really captures what harvest is about. You see, harvest is not uh, a one-time event. Harvest is not something that happens suddenly. Harvest is the product of hard work. It's the, the product of perseverance. It's the product of the right soil and environmental conditions. And harvest is something that happens sustainably. It's something that happens every year or, or twice a year or, or four times a year or how, whatever kind of crop it is. You know, the, the, word that, like the prophetic word that Jen and I had over last year, 2019, was spiritual maturity, which is like the least sexy like, vision word that you can possibly have. But we really, we really sensed that last year was a year about building spiritual maturity in our midst. Um, and we believe that as a result of the, the hard work that we did last year and the years before that, um, that the Lord is ready to bring the harvest. And I think that's really exciting. And I can't wait to see, to see what that looks like. I suspect that the year of harvest is not so much about a growth in numbers, um, but is going to be measured much more by God's standards. I believe that harvest means increased intimacy for all of us with the Father. I believe that harvest means people meeting Jesus for the first time and falling in love with him. It means prodigals returning home. It means cycles of addiction and sin being broken. It means lonely people finding community. It means people finding and stepping into their calling and Christians thriving in their faith journey. This is the fruit of the harvest, and this is what I believe God is going to be doing in our midst this year. And as I hope you've realized as I've been sharing tonight, this isn't about what Jen and I do. This isn't about the programs that we put together and the events that we put on as a church. This is about the way that all of us live. This is about the way that every single one of us chooses to engage with the Lord chooses to listen to him and ask every morning when you wake up, Lord, what are you doing today? This is about all of us stepping into that role that God has provided for us. It's about all of us choosing to partner with him in his restoration and reconciliation of all things that we read about in Revelation 21. So the way that I would love us to pray tonight is a little bit different. Um, I'm going to put these guys back on the screen. And the way we're going to do prayer ministry tonight is every single person here tonight is going to get prayed for. It's going to be awesome. Uh, you, you certainly, if, if you're really uncomfortable with that, we're not going to force you, so don't feel unsafe. But um, I would really love every single one of us tonight to get prayed for. As I was speaking about our growth areas for this year, I wonder whether one of these things captured your heart. Maybe it was 
Um, you, you, I talked about encountering God, and you're like, yes, I totally want that. I want, to, I want more of God. I want to encounter Him every day. Maybe, maybe you just have this sense that community is your thing. You want, to, you want to help people build relationships and friendships and see our community thrive. Maybe discipleship really excites you. You, you want to see um, people learning and growing and thriving in their relationships with Jesus. Or maybe the idea of mission really captured your heart. So I want you to choose which of those things you want to respond to. And we're going to go through and we're going to pray for every single one of those things. Does that sound fun? For some of us, there we go. That's what we want to do. Okay, so if you are like encountering God, if that's your jam, can I just invite you right where you are just to stand up, be nice and brave. Yeah, if you want to encounter God this year, if you want to seek more of Him, just stand up right where you are. Awesome, that's so good. Now, if you are near one of these people, can we just gather around and just begin to pray a blessing over them? You don't have to, uh, you don't have to pray long prayers. Just, and everyone can be involved in this. If you have any sort of relationship with Jesus, you're welcome to join us and to pray. It's always good to ask people if they're comfortable with laying hands, but we believe laying hands is a great way to sort of just bless people as we pray. So just, just begin to pray over these people now that they would encounter God. Let's go for it. Everyone gets to be a part of this.